Here's a message from Ken Lavica. What truly is the definition of a skilled NBA player? Stone Lebanowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. I am fascinated by Tracy McGrady. That's probably something that hasn't been said in 20 years. Tracy McGrady made Ken LaVeca think. And for that, thank you, Tracy. Appreciate it. Ken LaVica Live Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And in John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the sunny and hot and uncomfortable intracoastal. Wednesday means Jeanette Javier in her rightful spot here on Ken LaVica Live. Hola. Como estas? Bien. I love it when you start a show with Tracy McGrady. As a big Orlando Magic fan, that makes me super happy. Tracy McGrady made me think. By the way, Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights, he is running this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Before we get to Tracy McGrady, I need a reminder. What did the Heat do last night? Oh, yeah. They took that ass. Again. They made a statement. Again. Hey. Stone. Crank it. How many did Jimmy go for? 45. Took that ass. No turnovers, baby. How many turnovers did Trey Young have? 10. Gave away that ass. That's double digits. Oh, most, man. Most of his career last night at FTX Arena. That man is in basketball Alcatraz. He is in hell. He is on an island and he can't get off. It's that island he's going to perish on. He's just going to be a waft of hair. Lame, bones strewn about, dead on that deserted basketball island. Have you changed from Heat and 5 to Heat and 4 yet? Or, or, or are we sticking with Heat and 5? Ask me at halftime in game 3. Okay. Right okay. now the mantra stays the same, Heat and 5, but I might start thinking Heat and 4 now. But you know what else I'm doing? I'm scouting. I'm scouting the Sixers. I'm scouting <laughs> Philly. That scout hat is on. Light work. 45. Light work. Atlanta Hawks, light work. Oh, we didn't have enough rest. Ooh, it was too quick a turnaround to game one. All right. You had the same amount of sleepy time. Had the same amount of massage time. Had the same amount of kick your feet up time from game one to game two. What happened? Jimmy Butler happened in Ooh. your grill. 45. Five points. I have a lot to say about that. But first, I need us to think. We need to be critical. I'm out. (laughs) Jeanette's (laughs) tapping out. She'll be back for Jeanette Javier's sports movie spectacular in hour two. No, Tracy McGrady, Jeanette's boy, former Orlando Magic, great. Former Houston Rocket, great. Former Toronto Raptor, great. Tracy McGrady was on the Club Shay Shay podcast. With your boy, Shannon Sharp. Great pod. FS1's own Shannon Sharp. And they were talking about KD and Kyrie Irving and skilled basketball players. 
skilled basketball players. And I found this excerpt to be fascinating, not because I immediately poo-pooed it or dismissed it, but it truly made me think about what my answer to this question would be. Let's hear it, Stone. KD Kyrie, are they the most skilled pair of teammates that we've ever seen? Without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. I, I, I haven't seen a pair, a duo that skilled. Um, Mike and, and, and Pip. But Pip ain't have no offensive game like that. Jordan had the offensive game. Nah, but Pip did, though. That's that Pip did have offensive game, but Mike Not was like, just so Mike was so great. Right. I mean, Pip did average 20 points now. Yeah. Did you, know, you, did you know he, he was the uh, all-star game MVP uh, the year Mike left? He finished in the top five in MVP voting. But when I'm talking about you look at what Kyrie how Kyrie can date with Rucker. And you look at KD, you mentioned KD seven foot tall from the three-point all the way to the rim, can do it all. Pip ain't got that in the, had that in the back. No, he, he doesn't, but I mean, that's the only thing I can go off of, though. I, I can't, there's no other dynamic duel um, that compares to KD and Kyrie. I mean, even if you look at Le, what LeBron and, and D-Wade was, skill-wise, they're they still not touching them two boys. Right. That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, as soon as Tracy McGrady said, no doubt, Katie, Kyrie are the best, most skilled duo. Most skilled duo. He didn't say best. That was me. Most skilled duo of all time, no doubt. I wanted to fight it. I wanted to fight it. But as Tracy McGrady continued to make the point, and he was sort of thinking as he was making the point. But if you think about pure basketball skill, KD, Kyrie, couldn't you absolutely support Tracy McGrady's case that they're the most skilled duo, more so than MJ and Scotty, more so than LeBron and D. Wade? Isn't there a case? Like, you can't, Jeanette, just immediately say, ah, that's nonsense. What an idiot. There is, if you really think about it, skill. Most skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady's not crazy, right? No, 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 he's not. And he made a lot of sense. And Shannon Sharp said it. It's, it's definitely an offensive kind of position. At least that's what I think of when I think of a skilled player. Definitely more of the offensive part and which two players are the most dynamic right now. I'm glad that you picked up on that because this is where we start to have the discussion about what actually is the definition of skill. What are we laying out? What are the parameters? What are the guidelines to what we deem skilled? Because Jeanette's right. Shannon Sharp is right. We think offense when we think skilled NBA players. We don't take into account defense. Nobody says, ah, Bruce Bowen, that's the most skilled player I've ever seen. He's one of the best on-ball defenders in NBA history, but nobody in their life, not even those close to him, blood relatives are going to say, Bruce Bowen's in the conversation for most skilled NBA player ever. But shouldn't that at least be a part of the discussion? Because then, if you start talking Kyrie as one of the most skilled players in NBA history, doesn't defense with him become Stone a liability 
I mean, he's a decent defender. I was, is he an all-world defender? Is he a Scottie Pippen-level defender? No way. I mean, hell no, he's not. But I think liability is a bit of a stretch because I think in Cleveland, he was able to show us that he can play defense. Well, it helps when he's playing against one of the best defenders of all time, too, yeah. at the perimeter, in LeBron, who can guard all five positions. Absolutely, and that's kind of where we saw Kyrie come on with the defense or at least you know establish that part of his game. But I don't think he's a liability necessarily defending. But, yeah, if you want to compare him to guys like Pippen and stuff, yeah, there's no, there's really no so comparison. Kyrie, I think, is absolutely in the discussion for what I would deem most skilled player in NBA history. His handles are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. There might not be anybody who's able to handle the basketball and do what he does with the ball like Kyrie Irving. He also is a very fluid and fairly efficient shooter as well. And so, from that standpoint, if you're using just those two guidelines, those two bullet points as your definition for most skilled, that puts him ahead of MJ. Because while MJ was an elite scorer, he was not as efficient an offensive player as Kyrie Irving is. And so, it pains me to say, because I love MJ, but if we're going simply by those two things, Kyrie's more skilled than MJ. But are we taking competitiveness are we taking a guy who lifts up his team a guy who can drag his team to the finish line in this discussion of most skilled player because all of a sudden MJ pulls way ahead of Kyrie in the discussion of most skilled NBA player of all time what exactly how exactly are we judging what most skilled is and this is where I really am confused about who is above who and who we're crowning before whom in this discussion. And I find it fascinating, and I legitimately love the conversation. It's interesting because it's nice to know what people's judgment of skilled is. You see this great person play basketball, but how do you describe it? Right. And defense is a massive part of the game. Of course. And and different eras presented different defensive challenges. Oh, yeah. Scottie Pippen was an all-world defender. He was the best defender on those six Bulls championship teams. But Michael Jordan is regarded as one of the single best perimeter defenders of all time. This is a man that was top five in steals almost every year of uh, even the later portions of his career. He's elite level from that standpoint. But I also understand that Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan with the ball can't do what Kyrie Irving can do. Mm. But then there's also the discussion, if you want to go to KD, how much does just being a free... This is the the, the KD-LeBron argument. How much do you factor in being an absolute genetic freak of nature? I, it's not something you can coach, but skill isn't maybe something that you can coach into someone. It's a natural ability, and those two are skilled while also being genetic freaks of human existence. Right, when debating this, I think the athletic, like genetic side of things, we're allowed to keep in the argument. But if you're seven foot, I think that's where this kind of crosses that line of we can't bring you in the argument with guys like Kyrie, Jamal Crawford, Steve Nash. So what are we like, going to do? Are we going to separate this into categories then? Because it's unfair, it's, it's unfair <laughs> to include KD because he happened to have unbelievable chromosomes that came together to develop that freak. I, I think it makes the story more interesting. Does, I think that's another it, positive it is, on the list. But Giannis can't handle the ball like some of these smaller guys. Like Embiid can't handle the ball but like Kyrie. But he still handles the ball better than what Shaq 
Oh, hell, did. absolutely. Well, so but, there's, I think that's a limit. Sure, too. but it also depends on the era, too, because Shaq played in an era where the centers were as big as you possibly can be. It was a post-based game yeah, and you, when yeah, Shaq played. You didn't need to handle the ball. And Shaq's footwork, now you look back, and everyone, oh, Shaq was just huge, and he dunked all the time. Uh-uh. Look at him play. He had some of the best footwork of any big man in the mm-hmm. history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Hakeem Olajuwon level footwork. Shaq had it. It just so happened that Shaq was about three times wider than Hakeem Olajuwon. So we focus on his power <laughs> and we focus on Diesel Shaq as opposed to the ballet dancer that was Hakeem Olajuwon. The fluidity that was Hakeem Olajuwon or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. In a stretch four, a stretch five NBA, it's difficult to determine if a big man is actually more skilled than a previous era big man. So KD, he can do it all. He can shoot from distance, great jump shooter, efficient jump shooter, but he also would prefer not to play in the post. And maybe that's points counted off against him when you're talking about elite, most skilled big man, right? No. Because it flies in the face of what we believe big men to be able to do. And KD would much rather pull up for a 17-foot mid-range jumper yeah. than attack yeah. on the block. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, de- depending yes. who's guarding him and, and how the defense is playing, I don't think KD's necessarily afraid to do anything. Like, I, I think he can do every, all five of the positions that they're asking him to do. For me, it's the degree of difficulty. That's kind of how I judge it. Like, what guys make things look easier than it would be for somebody else. Like when you see Kyrie go to the cup and the way his, he contorts his body, like just to, you can start crossing guys off the list that can't do that. And that's kind of what leads for me, like degree of difficulty sure. in, in shot making. But like, then, Jeanette, I look at the final play from game one of the Celtics Nest series, and guess who's asleep on defense? And guess mm-hmm. who is the last line of defense between Jason Tatum and the rim? Mm-hmm. And that's Kyrie. And what did he do? He flailed and he gave up. Nothing. He did nothing. Yep. Flailed so, and he gave up. You think Scottie Pippen is flailing and giving up on that final play, on that final possession like Kyrie no. did? That's an absolute uh-uh. But then if that's the case, then you're, fa- you're fouling him. And now you're putting him on the line with less than is a Scottie Pippen, to go. Because yeah, I remember Scottie Pippen being a part of a Bulls-Knicks stop in the playoffs where they blocked the same guy four times. Iconic. There was no fouls there. There's no fouls there. I mean, that, that one's really hard to not foul. Maybe Kyrie didn't want to put his hands on him. I, when you brought that play up, I thought you were going to bring up the degree of difficulty of the shot making from 24-year-old Jason Tatum. Like that, for, to catch Bam that Adebayo would have blocked it. Bam 100%. Adebayo has already blocked a Jason Tatum potential game winner, and it was a jam, and Bam Adebayo <laughs> threw it back into his esophagus. <laughs> Do you remember that picture? His hands all the way oh, back. I, I mean, I loved it. It was, it was an awesome moment, but I do think eight out of ten guys are fouling somebody in that moment. With how fast that play was going and, and how fast those guys were moving and to not know where anybody was, I, I, you're fouling Jason Tatum. So I suppose there's two parts to this, Okay. And I know for some of you, thinking and driving is very difficult. So if you think that you're going to put your automobile into the median on 95 while you're trying to use your brain, we can do without it, okay? Don't do that. I prefer not to cause backups on 95 because you know what that's going to do? Cause residual delays and then cause me to get into traffic jam later when I leave the office. And oh yeah, I hope you're okay, but I also need convenience in my life as well. So don't think and crash your car. But if you can do two things, feel free. Let's discuss. How do you define skilled? How do you find skilled in the NBA? And by definition, any era, who do you hold up 
as the most skilled player in NBA history. You, your definition, who do you prop up as the most skilled player in NBA history? Because honestly, in this new age of basketball, the way it's currently played and what could span across eras, I don't know if there is any way still to this day, and it pains me because I still think MJ's the GOAT, but how is LeBron not the answer? How is LeBron not the answer to this question? Oh, but he's Magic Johnson. We saw that already. Not like LeBron is. Not like LeBron is. LeBron is transcendent. He was Magic Johnson on steroids and then some. LeBron, to me, is the most skilled basketball player of all time. To you, your definition of most skilled NBA player ever. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. By definition, who do you prop up? Who do you use? Who is your example of the most skilled NBA player of all time? Now, Jeanette, you're disappointed. You disagree with my LeBron. You were disappointed. I saw your face. You made a guttural sound. You went, ooh. That's so who are you? Where am I wrong? Who are you choosing in that discussion? So my mind goes more offense when it comes to skilled position, just because I think of somebody that's nimble, somebody who moved the ball super quick. Okay. That's absolutely can shoot from anywhere. So Stone already name dropped one person that immediately came to mind, which was Steve Nash. The other two, I would say. Steve Nash defensively, you might as well just hold out a red blanket <laughs> and yell Olay over and over and over and over again. And you can argue that Steve Nash, well, he was okay in Dallas. Steve Nash, a Hall of Fame career based out of a system offense. That's all I'll say. But no disrespect to Steve Nash, but you see how the Nets play defense. It is indicative of how he played defense in his career. So That's my case against Steve Nash. God bless. <laughs> number two is Dirk. Okay, that's a good one. I was going to say Dirk Nowitzki was number one. Dirk, Dirk, you can argue, started the movement of the European-style stretch big man. Which I loved. I remember specifically during the 2011 finals, the Mavericks versus the Heat, just watching him, and I, w- I just loved watching him play. And then my third that I put down on the list was the late, great Kobe Bryant. Okay. So, and I promise I'm not speaking ill on the dead here. Kobe was an unbelievable defender. And he was a player that you trusted in late moments. A lot of great late moments. But he also, if we're going to hold inefficiency against MJ, we need to hold inefficiency against Kobe as well. I don't think that Kobe was a better version of Jordan like LeBron is a better version of Magic. I mean, so that's my argument against Kobe. I mean, that's spot on. Like, there are inefficiencies that you could boil it down to when you mention, like, LeBron doesn't have any. I like, think like we, he doesn't have any. We tend to romanticize Kobe because he had the competitive level to the point of being a bleephole like MJ, right? Where the desire was always there. He had the mannerisms of MJ. He has the YouTube reel of unbelievable late moments and game-winning shots, and he went out in the classiest way possible um, with an all-time great scoring game. But he also was never an efficient player. 
Never, 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 never. And if you believe in that, if you believe in a player that can not only, if you look at skill, not only get his, but create for others, then that's not Kobe. At all. I mean, and there was probably three-point you know, percentage deficiencies as well. For me, the name that comes up most, and this is, for me, I had to crack the books, you know, when we proposed this question and when, we, when I heard <laughs> Crack Tracy, the books because he's a baby. Because I'm a baby. Yeah. Do you even know what an encyclopedia is? And like, what, Have you ever cracking? been to a library? Have you ever checked out a library book? Yeah, Honest question. Yeah, I remember the book fair vividly. I wasn't, no! I, I, no, a book, I, I wasn't a big library goer, but the book fair is what I remember most about. But a know. book fair is actually buying a book. A library, you're checking out a book. Did you right. ever have to study for a report at a library or was everything on a computer? I would say everything was on a computer. Holy at, mother at, at of my God. Time. I, never, I sat he in is, libraries. He is a youth. I, a big youth. <laughs> the library was mostly meant for like meeting up or maybe we could like study with girls when I was in fifth grade. Like that's what we in used. In fifth grade? That's in what we fifth used grade? You macking on girls in the library Oh, no doubt grade? about it. No, it would bring your lunch. <laughs> Ooh, bring, baby, here's some it. lunch in the library. You got Sloppy Joe? I mean, I just needed ew, it all from ew. that. Dewey Decimal System, what up? <laughs> he has no but, idea what that is. Absolutely. I don't no, even know what that is. Dewey Decimal System is how you found a book in the library. You went through cards, and you found the code, <laughs> and then you find the code of the book, and you check out the book. Okay. The Dewey Decimal System. So I've checked out many books from the library, and I've never used the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> Man, you guys You just black. aged yourself more but in the conversation of libraries. <laughs> book broke. But. Broke book. But when I did crack the <laughs> crack the books, the name that slid to the forefront was Allen Iverson, and wh- that is a list. good one. And He's on my list, AI is a good one. And I think the main argument for me was he was the first of his kind in that era. Like they brought up MJ defending Allen Iverson, and everyone and somebody said it the other day. I can't remember who it was, but he said, "Yeah, you've seen the crossover clip, but he did it to him multiple times." <laughs> there were guys on teams all around the league that simply couldn't guard him because they didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. They didn't know the moves that he was making and the skill set that he had. They hadn't seen it before. So to be the first of your kind, to me, that really sets the standard for the most skilled player. There was nobody doing what AI was doing in his era. AI was a very good pickpocket defender. Was he good at staying in front of the ball handler? Not necessarily. Was he organizing the defense? No. But I think he was good enough defensively to be in this argument. I don't I don't want to forego the defensive accomplishments and the defensive ability when it comes to this conversation. I can't sit here and rail yesterday on voters who don't appreciate Bam Adebayo and how he plays defense, and he makes the Heat defense go and then completely ignore defense in this conversation because it is wildly important. And I think it is what maybe holds Kyrie back. And I think that, well, KD is a good defender, I would still take, and I only bring up his name because he was part of this duo conversation with most skilled duos with Shannon Sharp and uh, and Tracy McGrady, Scottie Pippen was an elite defender. I mean, an elite defender. And of his era, maybe the best all-around defender in the NBA. So you can't just poo-poo Jordan and Pippen as the all-time most skilled duo because Scottie Pippen is getting the raw end of the deal in that conversation because he's so put into the shadow by Michael Jordan. All the time in every conversation too. I kind of feel bad. Him. I feel yeah. I feel bad for Scottie Pippen sometimes. You have to live under that shadow. Yeah. 
I mean, Scottie Pippen and his ability defensively and his ability to score, that's really underappreciated. So, again, for me, I think LeBron is still, to me, the most skilled player any era that could transcend any era. Uh, Jeanette, you say Kobe. Kobe's on the list for you. Dirk, Dirk was the Dirk, first. Per- Dirk, I'm Dirk sorry. was the first person that came to mind. And whenever you have a shot named after you, or whenever you create your own shot, you got to be in the conversation. Yeah, the, absolutely. That, that turnaround, Jay, the the Dirk, the Dirk is just is just phenomenal. And then Stone, who cracked the books, he says Allen Iverson, and I like that one as well. But how do you define the most skilled? How do you define the most skilled? Tracy McGrady says that KD and Kyrie Irving are the most skilled duo in NBA history. That might be the case, but also KD is an absolute freak of nature. He's basically a seven-foot two-guard. <laughs> I, I don't. There, there's no comparison to him. And so can you count just how a guy is built naturally in this conversation? Because you can't coach that. You either are that or you're not. And nobody else on the planet is that except for Kevin Durant. How do you define skill and your definition? By definition, if you were to put together a PowerPoint presentation, who is your example of the most skilled player in NBA history any era? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888 888- 760-3776. Ken Levicka Live presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. And it doesn't matter any era when you're talking about the most prolific MBA Sport Management Program, there's no competition. It's Florida Atlantic. It is internationally renowned. We're not talking about coast to coast in the U.S. Uh-uh. We're spanning borders. We're spanning oceans. We're spanning time zones. And we're spanning hemispheres. It is ranked number 19 internationally, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, your path to the sports industry. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, sign up for fall semester courses now, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Your definition, who is the most skilled, the most skilled player in NBA history, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and you can tweet at us at KLV1063. She's Jeanette Javier. On a Wednesday, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. It flies in the face of everything that I try and stand for, but I do believe if I were to write an MBA book, which I'm not doing because it takes a lot of time and money, and focus, and I have none of those things. Patience, nope. (laughs) Happiness, nope. Ability, uh -uh. but if I were to do it in a hypothetical, LeBron James would be my definition of the most skilled NBA player. Ooh, it's a bestseller. Tracy McGrady got me thinking. He stimulated the old brainstem. The noggin. The noggin. (laughs) And I think, I think that LeBron James is my most skilled NBA NBA player. 
If you're using a definition that includes both offense and defense and an ability to help others and an ability to get yours, I think that LeBron is in the conversation. But I also think that if I'm using that definition, it completely invalidates Kobe because I'm not sure that Kobe is even in the same universe of being able to single-handedly drag a team to championship level. LeBron and MJ are the only two players really in that category. I wonder, and he's not there yet, but isn't KD like in the same hallway of the condo complex? He is, that's... Very well put. He's in the same hallway. Yeah, like, he's not. He's not like in the. That's the, the what I'm penthouse. thinking. He's like waving, and you see him waving. He's like, like hey, he's like, hey, LeBron, hi. Like, what's or going on, guys? Or he's just trolling him on Twitter. Either but, one. That's yeah, that's more appropriate for Twitter KD. fingers. Yeah. E- either one, but I think in three or or four seasons, if he wins like back to back all defense, like yeah, he's just gonna keep walking down the hallway and get closer and closer because it's in his bag. He's able to do it. Yeah, he's I mean, also able to guard one through five. Not as good as a guy like LeBron, but he's still able to do it just based on how he's physically made up he's able to do it and he commits to defense yeah like that's the thing is he great all the time no but does he commit to it when he has to yeah yes absolutely he's someone you have to keep on the floor on that team if there were two minutes left in a a tie ball game he's probably picking up the the best score on that team like that's his assignment each and every night down the stretch uh so by definition Mm -hmm. who do you hold up as the most skilled nba player and how we do we define the most skilled NBA player? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Hey, question for you. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? You need to see an expert in the field? Well, good news. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County, through the Florida Keys, learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Let's get to your social media, at KLV1063. That's at KLV1063. Mike G in West Palm tweets, Dirk Nowitzki. Let's go. So that's what Jeanette was saying, Dirk Nowitzki. And I think that there's at least a case to be made because I do think that he changed that position. He ushered in he truly ushered in the era of the NBA stretch four. I just couldn't stop or stretch watching big. Him. You just couldn't stop watching him when he played. Yeah. Yeah. I think that so fluid, so different, uh, really, uh, I think the most transcendent European import to the NBA. Yeah. I think he cl- did a lot. He for did a lot. Sure. I think clutch is in the criteria for skilled, and Dirk was very clutch. When it came down, like I mentioned earlier down the stretch, Dirk was there. I went to a basketball game in Germany once, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to ask me, the American, about how great Dirk was for the <laughs> NBA. It was it was wild. I was asked about it like four times. That has always stuck with me, that experience. So I love Dirk not only because I vividly remember watching him in the playoffs, in the finals, when he took the Mavs to the championship, but also what he's meant culturally to not only the NBA, but also to Europe, European basketball. Uh, Osmataz Buckshank says, this is tough. Most skilled seems to only count on offense. So number one is KD, two is Steph or Kyrie. 
So Steph, Steph is the most skilled shooter in the history of the NBA. The, but I think that's where that discussion dies after that. Yeah, right. He's probably, would you go as far as to say the most skilled offensive player no. of all time? I would say predictable, right. too. Like, you know what you're going to get with stuff. With, with with, <laughs> he has the most, I, he's the most unpredictable basketball oh, player of all I time. I always like, he's going to make it in no matter where he's <laughs> yeah, from. That's it. That that's what I meant by predictable. Yeah. But a guy who's, whose game is so is so heavy on just one aspect of scoring. Like, he's the greatest to ever do it shooting threes, shooting from distance. Yes, he can handle. He can penetrate at times, but he is so three-point heavy, I don't think you can sit there and say, you can be an elite scorer, you can be one of the most skilled scorers ever and not really be in the discussion to be the most skilled player. Because, again, what is he bringing you defensively other than a few cherry-picked steals? Nothing really. Maybe a yes. transition three, if that counts or if it qualifies. But is, that's what you expect, and you know you're uh, going to get that from yeah, him for sure. But I think that him, he's very much like LeBron in when he gets going, it's the most helpless feeling in the world. Except LeBron is doing it by by uh, t- forcing a turnover and tomahawking it on your backside. And getting the crowd going and overpowering you, whereas Steph is just over and over, dribbling within 35 feet and popping it. And there's absolutely nothing you can do because then you have to pick a guy up at half court, which is unheard of Mm -hmm. in the NBA, not just on the dribble, but so he doesn't launch it. And there is nobody that's ever been like that, and there's not going to be anybody that will ever be like Steph. I mean, Trey Young shows similarities to his game, kind kind of the same, coming off screens. One running, of twelve, <clears throat> run, running around frantically. I was very but, confused by that. Well, running, you know, Trey Young running around frantically <laughs> is the comparison to <laughs> yeah, Steph Curry. Yeah, I'm very right. confused by that comparison. He is not even a, he. He is he, not, but he is the most similar to Steph Curry in the league right now by far. by size, by size, the way they play offensively. The pickpocket defensive style, shooting threes, the range he has, coming off of screens, no. okay. drawing okay. Dr- because he's such a threat behind the three point line. That's when you're able to penetrate, and that's what Steph Curry does, and that's what guys like Trey Young. But do. I'm looking at a stat here that says Trey Young is two from 23 from, yeah, yeah. from three in his last three three playoff, playoff games. Right, 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 right. So yeah, very comparable to Steph Curry. I mean, I, I, I gave just this because Trey Young has some mannerisms or has a style of play like Steph Curry, doesn't mean that they're similar. There's a difference there. The, Big the, time. The similar style of play doesn't mean that they're similar because one guy makes a lot of those shots and one guy... Misses! ...doesn't. Right. I, right? I, I, no! I mean, Trey Young's made a, a, a hell of a lot of three-point... Uh, like, his percentages, his numbers are phenomenal. Yeah, Two he's getting locked down from, from three in his That's last our three boys, our squad. The mafia is locking his ass down each and every <laughs> night. We're celebrating it. Yeah, it's the Miami Heat. They know how to play defense. But when we're talking Trey Young, a week ago, he put 32. He scored 32 in the second half, and it was raining. And it's been raining all, not all season because they haven't been the team they wanted to do coming off injuries. But Trey Young is a slot machine not when it comes to numbers. Not comparable to Curry, though. He, not in the sense of, like, execution level, but comparable. He's the only one in the league. 
He's baby Curry. That's what we've been calling Let's, Ice Trey. I mean, could you could you do me a favor? Could you? And I I'm not trying to like make an example of you. Could no. you look up Steph's uh, basketball reference stats? I just want to go through Trey's three point percentage and the amount of threes made because we're talking about three pointers. Yes. Right. Like yes, when yes, we're yes, talking yes, yes. when when you say that they have a similar style, which is extremely busy off the ball, even though they're both point guards. I even, and I would say Steph is more play off the ball than than Trey Young is. Trey Young tends to hog the offense, whereas Steph, I don't think Steph hogs the offense. No. I think he distributes and then he'd mm-hmm. rather work yeah. off the ball than the half court. No, I'm also talking I'm also inferring like attempts, like shot attempts behind the arc. Yeah, but like they're not going in, but but that doesn't make that, them that doesn't mean yeah, anything that, at the end of the day. That doesn't then. mean that they're 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 similar. What it means is that their style of play might be similar, mm-hmm. what they're trying to do on offense, but if you miss more shots than the guy you're comparing them to by a significant amount, if that is the case, then it's not similar. No. That's what I'm trying to say. So I so so Trey Young shot 32% from three as a rookie, 36% 2019-2020, last year, 38% this season. Okay? So five seasons. Or four seasons. Four seasons. That's four. Four. Yes. Okay. He's averaging eight threes a game this season. And he shot his best percentage. So that's good. He's definitely improved as a three-point shooter. What about Steph? Steph's averaging ten threes a game. Okay. Shooting 38% this season. Okay. 42 last season. Okay. 25 the season before that. Got it. Okay. 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 Eerily similar numbers. Except for 42% last year compared to Trey's 34%. 42% is disgusting. Yeah, that is disgusting. And that is the greatest shooter of all time. Like, no discussion. Now, I mean, he was hurt for a significant portion of last year, right? So that probably skews the percentage a little bit. In, in attempts, what, what are we looking at attempts-wise from, from What was he doing attempts per game number? last year? Last year was 12. Okay. And he's shooting 42%, which okay. is... Just astronomical. But again, from he, Steph Curry. he played a short amount of games, which mm-hmm. is automatically going to launch your. Okay, okay. I mean, they are they are not nearly as dynamic. Trey Young can take over a game, but also Steph Curry is a significantly more elite shooter than Trey Young is. Though Trey Young is improving. Okay, one hundred percent. We can come to a common ground on that. Yeah, absolutely. As we should. But we're talking about overall skill as a scorer, an efficient scorer. There's no conversation to be had between Steph and, and Trey. There's just not. No. Sorry, Stone. I will, I will, I will. No. No, I mean, I, if we're talking Katie's in the hallway of that conversation, Trey Young is at the end of the hallway and Steph Curry's on the other end. Okay. I mean, there's, this guy's, our sample size we're going off of is four seasons. So he's in the hallway. Steph Curry's been in the... I don't know, he's going on, I don't know, his 10th, 11th season. Trey Young's been in the league four seasons, and we said before this Miami and Atlanta series started that he was the best player in the series. JMP set it on heating up. All of these guys, Jay Will, guys who have played in the league, said Trey Young is the best player in this series. Yeah. So to not even put him in a hallway of a conversation like Steph Curry – it's it's abominable. It's, All right. it's, it's it's crap. I'm going to put an end to this conversation right now because now I am looking at Steph's numbers 
Rookie, 43% from three, 44% from three, 45.5% from three, 45% from three, 42% from three, 44, 45, 41, 42, 43. The 24% that you mentioned, he played five games that season. 42%, and then he was down to 38% this year. 40, sorry, oh, not even a conversation. 50%? They don't live in the same you, hallway. What do you What do you, you say? She. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Trey Young, Trey, Trey Young lives on the ground floor with a sliding glass door. Meanwhile, Steph Curry's up in the penthouse. So they live okay? in the same building. An elevator opens into his his living room. Meanwhile, uh, Trey Young has to come through a sliding glass door on the patio. Okay? And the, the backyard, like right. knock yeah. on it. Right, exactly. And exactly. he needs a code. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh-huh. Not even a code. Right. And They're I'm, not giving him the code. Yeah, he has to true. knock by he's himself. He's got a key. He's got an actual physical key. <laughs> exactly. Right? I don't know math, but we did mention he's two for 23 in his last three playoff games. You're so, damn I mean, right he is. So... Uh, I mean, he, he he's not Steph Curry, and Steph Curry's doing phenomenal things, scoring 30 points in 23 I, minutes. I get it. When we I re- get it. When we return, another day and another day that Jay Will is going to have to take it from us. The Heat just keep making Jay Will look worse and worse and worse. We love him, and he's a valued member of the ESPN West Palm team. But, Jay Will, you're going to have to sit here again and take it from us. His brother, Jimmy in the heat, making you look bad. Mm. Jay Will takes it when we come back. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Jeanette and Stone are tense. They're tense. Jeanette Javier in on a Wednesday. Stone the Banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick and names on the show. Got you until 2 o'clock. So, Jack Harlow. Stone, you're on him? Oh, uh, very much so. Music sensation? Very much so. Very talented. Very, Hip-hop? very talented. Hip hop? Yes, sir. Very talented. Best, so, probably hottest in the game right now. Hottest in the game right now. He also, Stone also tried to tell me that Mike Studd, a product of Duke University. I don't like Mike Studd's music. I never claimed to yesterday, but I'm a fan of his personality and, and who he is. But I never claimed that his music was that good. Too. Um, so, what's this song you were raving about with Jack Harlow? First Class. Let's hear it. I don't know if it's clean. Oh. Can we hear, hear the first part that you played that was clean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, this, we just did a couple of bars. Instrumental. So. Hey, I, I don't trust that it, it's clean. So this is, so this this is, is his hit? This is his hit? Oh, it's a banger. He put it out last week, and it's, it, it's, already, it's first everywhere. It's doing really well. But it already pissed me off. <laughs> Let's hear just the first couple of... Because you may recognize it. It sounds familiar to something. Despicable. So he he's using Fergie, yes, as his sample. He's sampling Fergie. Yes. Another talented, another lie. talented musical artist. My initial nice. reaction, well, not when she sings the anthem, she's not. Um, <laughs> my initial reaction. All right, that's enough because if it's not clean, I don't want to like this, rolling it through. This but, is just instrumental, so this is clean. Oh, this is just the instrumental. I'm talking about oh, okay. when he gets on and starts spitting bars. Um. It seems a little lazy. 
Is this a good, is this a good beat? Is this a good sample? This Fergie sample, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Does this scream cool to you like Stone says? It doesn't scream cool. It screams lazy and not creative. I am so tired of these new age rappers sampling everything from the early 2000s. Do your own work, make your own music. And it's I'm so sorry that you realize you're not good enough, so you take what people already did. Mariah Carey's being sampled. Fergie's being sampled. Mm-hmm. Old music that I grew up listening to, original stuff, is now popping up again. Uh, it is number one on Billboard, the Hot 100, Jack Harlow. Yeah, I mean, I know lazy. it is. Lazy. And you're calling it lazy, but it's almost... Uh, the whole other spectrum of that, like most creative, like you're paying homage to Fergie. I appreciate you for setting the standard of a good beat, of a good melody. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to top it off with my bars, and it's going number one on the charts. So, so that take is nowhere else in existence because you've never heard the song, and it's number one because people are click and play because it's just great stuff. Jack Harlow's made millions already. He's made his own music. Now it's time to get creative and bring pay homage to the OGs. No, no, no. He took something and just said a bunch of words on top of it. He said, let me take this, right, Fergie? Let me get this. And she, of course, Jeff, of course you're the she hottest wants in the, the game. She wants this. Number one, he is not the hottest he in the game. He did it justice. He did it justice. And if we're like, tell me how he made a song titled Tyler Hero and only name dropped Tyler Hero once. <laughs> that makes, uh, first of all, no sense. And ever since I realized that, Jack Harlow has thoroughly annoyed me. The only song I really enjoy, he has like a small feature, which isn't even that hot in a Lil Nas X song, Industry Baby. And now he's stealing stuff from Fergie and throwing a bunch of words on top of it, and he's getting paid for it too? Borrowing, not stealing. Borrowing, yeah. He was asked permission and was granted it. Uh, So the game with Khalifa Lil Yachty, they have given their full thumbs up on it. They get paid. Jack Harlow's getting support from the industry. Oh, yeah. I don't like them. She's, you guys have never heard the song. I mean, I so think it's... You, I, I've their credibility's heard, gone. I've heard better samples. Like, Hell I, yeah! I tend to think that Glamorous is not a good song in its original version, and Fergie's not all that good in her original form. So he did her justice. <laughs> or he improved her. He took it and made it better. Pimp I'll play it for Fergie. you guys for break. I'll play it for I you guys. I want to hear right. it, and then I'll give an honest review or opinion about it I, because I'm already upset. I'm excited. I can't wait. I do like when when Krabby Aunt Jeanette comes out, and that's what happened right it's here. Thea. Oh, that was Get Off oh, My Tia, Lawn, yeah. Jeanette. I've never oh, seen it. Krabby Tia Jeanette is out, and she's drinking make, red wine, and she is unhappy. <laughs> make your own music. Oh, Stop man. taking stuff from the early 2000s, That 90s. is funny. Uh, hey, real quick, uh, Stone, can we hear last week, uh, Jay Williams, after the uh, after the Hawks beat the Cavs to go to the playoffs, to actually make it into the playoffs, become the eight seed, taking on the one seed heat, uh, Jay Williams had some thoughts about the series. He had some concerns about the series. He had some expectations about the series. He was someone who had he had a lot of positivity about the Atlanta Hawks. He was feeling hopeful about Trey Young. He, Jeanette, thought that the eight seed Hawks were going to come in and they were going to give the one seed Heat some fits. And for the fourth straight day to make an example of him, Here's Jay Williams. But if they are healthy, 
And I love the Heat. I think the Heat have by far the best culture. Their culture is up with the best of the best in the NBA, with the Phoenix Suns. But the one thing I've always worried about the Heat is when it comes down to it, down the wire, could Jimmy Butler be that clutch player for them to uh, make shots uh, when you need it whoop. the most? I've always thought Jimmy Butler would be a better two option, three oh. option on a championship team. Oh, did you? got close in the bubble, but I've never seen him as the primary guy. I know Tyler Hero, guys like that are emerging. I love what they bring from a defensive culture, P.J. Tucker and company, Bam Adebayo. But if they are healthy, with the way Trey Young is involved in pick and rolls, if he gets going, yeah, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and I think there was a legit chance. You know what I say to that? Mm. Pep. I thought it was going to be light work. Light work. Pep. Pass. Turn it up. She thought. She thought. She will not only thought that the Hawks could beat the Heat, but he thought that he always thought Jimmy Butler was better as a two. He thought that Jimmy Butler was going to be able to get it done in the clutch. How many points, Jeanette, did Jimmy Butler score last night? 45! What did he do last night? When did he score big buckets last night, Stone? The entire game. And in the clutch. <laughs> he, 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 he even reached in his bag and got uncharacteristic and hit fourth tray ball. Has a man ever said something on a Friday and been so wrong every day through a Wednesday? Nope. Jay Williams saying one 12-second quote has been wrong now for four. Count them four. Cuatro. Four straight days. Pepas. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.